Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to another edition of Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, and this morning we are sharing some good news as we welcome the largest class of seminarians in the Diocese of Pittsburgh in a decade. The priesthood is part of four vocations in our church, the ordained life, Fewer men in the U.S. have been answering the call in recent years for a variety of reasons, but we are developing new ways of helping them to discern God's plan in their lives. How do we know what vocation that we are being called to, and why is God's call so important? How do we find a purpose and meaning in our life, discover our faith, and grow in our prayer? All of these are important questions, and to help answer them, my guest this morning, I'm really honored to have uh, Father Michael Ackerman back with us. He is the Vocations Director for the Diocese of Pittsburgh. Father Mike, welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. Well, thank you, Father Tom, for having me. It's great to be with you this Sunday. It's great. And obviously, both you and I, uh, we love our priesthood. Uh, vocations are both near and dear to our hearts. So uh, it's great to, to share that with you and share the microphone with you here with our listeners this morning. Let's first get to some great news. I was really happy to hear about this. A large group of new seminarians has just arrived at the campus of St. Paul Seminary in Crafton. How many are there? And tell us a little bit about them. This is wonderful news. No, this is fantastic. We have uh, 14 new seminarians coming in this year, which is the largest wow, class we've had since 2010. Yeah, it is fantastic. It really is. And, and there'll be 23 guys total at St. Paul Seminary starting up, uh, you know, here for this academic year. You know, wow. The great thing is these, four, these 14 range from uh, men that just graduated from high school. We have a guy that just graduated from high school. We have a guy that was a, a commercial pilot, uh, so he flew airplanes, and he came in mm. uh, all the way to a couple engineers, you know, guys who were working as mechanical engineers, civil engineers, so well-educated men, but very faithful, very devout, uh, very holy men that just really want to see what God has in store for them. So I'm excited for this year, and I think this is great news, of course, for our diocese. That's, that's wonderful news. Fourteen new guys coming in. That's, that's a great, that's more than uh, that we've had over the last, like you said, a decade. So that's really encouraging. Now, I mentioned the Catholic Church teaches that there are four vocations in life, the ordained, uh, the consecrated life, married life, and single life. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about each of the four of these vocations? Sure, sure, absolutely. You know, and, and all of these vocations are designed to help us grow in holiness. You know, it's God's plan for us, right? So the, the ordained life, the, the priesthood, the one that the people will see here on the weekends, on the Sunday, it's, it's men that have felt the call to really stand in the person of Jesus Christ and minister the sacraments, to give people a real encounter with Christ. And so it's a life that's dedicated to service in the Church, it's dedicated to, to living a life of prayer for God. Uh, it's really a, a self-giving, sacrificial vocation, a really 
powerful witness of God's love in the world. The consecrated life or the religious life, many people might see or know some very holy sisters or some uh, some religious brothers. I know we have the Capuchins here in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a dedication, it's a consecration that's dedicated to service also in the Church, but they live in typically a community. They follow a, a particular charism, a unique gift. Uh, some places will teach, some places will, will focus on health care, but it's, it's a unique opportunity to serve in a, in a unique way in the Church. But it's, it's community-oriented more so maybe than the priesthood might, might be or might look. Most people are probably familiar with the married life, that's the vocation that a, a large majority of people will live. And the, the point of the married life, husband and wife, not only to get into the kingdom of heaven, but also to show God's love to the world. You know, and the love they have for each other and the love they give to their family, they show God's witness to the world. And so that's a powerful witness, a powerful example of what it means to be in love with our God. And in the single life, some people might be surprised by that one. They might think, well, maybe that doesn't seem like a vocation, but it is. If, if you called, if you feel called to really be a life uh, of service, to be a dedicated person within the Church, then the single life can be, it's not just, well, I didn't find someone to get married, or I didn't feel called to priesthood or, or ordained or consecrated life. It's actually, no, no, I feel that I'm living my life in service and giving my life totally to the Church, totally in service to other people, because that's where God has placed me. But beautiful vocation, not, no one is better than the other. It's all what God calls you to and how He wants you to serve Him. And I remember when I was in your shoes as vocation director and, and going to our area high schools, Catholic high schools, and talking about that and giving like career planning presentations. And, and people were always surprised to say, wow, I never really knew that there were four possible vocations in life. And it's true. You know, priesthood, religious life, married life, and single life. And obviously, you know, there's no cookie cutter approach uh, to, for somebody to say, oh, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be a priest today or I'm going to be a religious sister. <laughs> obviously, it takes time time and prayer and discernment and um, a lot of thinking, or I'm going to go get married. You know, I mean, it's, it's, there's a, in any vocation in life, uh, it takes time, and you have to look at your gifts, your talents, and also uh, what God is calling you. Now, Father Mike, you served as the vocation director for seven years. Uh, you were also ordained back in 2014, is that correct? That's correct, that's right. And you served in various parishes. Tell us uh, a little bit about your story. How did, where did you grow up, uh, go to school, your career path, and how, how did you answer the call to be a priest? Sure, no, absolutely not. I'm, I'm a Pittsburgh-born guy. I grew up in Aspenwall, went to St. Scholastica mm-hmm. Parish in Aspenwall and St. Scholastica grade school. I'm an only child, um, but, but I spent my entire life in Aspenwall. loved it, loved being at St. Scholastica. I'm a graduate of North Catholic High School, and uh, following North Catholic, I went to Duquesne University, where I graduated with a degree in education, and I was a high school teacher, actually, for a while before I became a, a, a priest. You know, the funny thing is, I had thought about priesthood since a young age, really probably since grade school, but, you know, you always start to think, I don't know if that's the call for me, I'm not 100% sure if this is what God wants, and so it was always sort of in the back of my mind, but I don't think I ever actually prayed on it. I never actually said, well, Lord, do you want me to be a priest, or is this something that I could do? Uh, it was just sort of there, and I sort of left it there, you know? The funny thing is, though, you know, as, as my faith life began to deepen, and as I had experiences in education, as I had experiences at work, that idea of priesthood never went away. It's, it sort mm-hmm. of stayed there. And I remember my, uh, I, I joined St. Padre Pio Parish in Blonox, uh, mm-hmm. in my adult life, and Father Tony Gargano was the pastor there at the time, and he said to me one time, did you ever go on That's my a classmate, priest? Father Tony. That's yeah. your classmate. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. You know, and he said to me, did you ever go on a discernment retreat? And I said, you know, I never did. And uh, 
he had asked me what I thought about going on a retreat to maybe pray about what God wanted me to do with my life. And at first, I was pretty reluctant. I thought, no, I don't know if I'm going to do that, <laughs> but I'm really glad I did. I'm really glad I did. I, was, I think I was afraid. Oh, I don't know, Lord, if this is going to be enough. Or, I don't know if, if I can do this. Or, I'm not sure that I'm hearing you correctly. But that retreat sort of uh, you know, soothed my fears. It gave me an opportunity to realize that, no, this is actually a joy-filled life. This is actually what God wants me to do. And if he calls you, he gives you the gifts that you need in order to be able to embrace that call. And so from there, I entered St. Paul's Seminary in 2008, and then six years later, after, after study at St. Paul's and Duquesne University, and also at the Catholic University of America, thanks be to God, I was ordained for the diocese, and uh, I've loved it ever since. I've never regretted that one, one moment. Good for you. You and I have similar career paths, you know, uh, born and raised here in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm a South Hills guy, grew up in uh, the Carrick Overbrook section called Blessed Trinity Parish, now the former St. Norbert Parish, and went to Carrick High School, uh, went to Clarion, majored in broadcasting, communications. Uh, priesthood was never really on the radar screen, but I credit my parents to give me that basic moral foundation to go to church, even when I was away at college, but never really thought priesthood was really a career, but being active as an older server and then lector, Eucharistic minister, um, campus ministry uh, at Clarion, uh, it, I think it just, you know, over over the years, it, it just developed. And then I'm glad I went to college, had a career, and then um, then God called me to the priesthood uh, when I was working in PR marketing uh, for the Boy Scouts. So you and I have similar uh, career paths, and you worked in uh, admissions work uh, at Duquesne, and I worked in the missions office up at uh, Clarion, and so, so we have similar backgrounds. But you and I both uh, are are considered second career guys, and I think that <laughs> That's right. every you know, and and it's good that uh, some guys come right, like you said, some seminarians right now are coming right out of high school. You and I went in a little bit later, so everybody has a different um, career path, and there's no cookie cutter approach. So when if you have to go into the seminary right after high school or college or like you said uh, you have a uh, an airline pilot you know some somebody that's been in a career for a long time so but it's just amazing how God calls uh people uh to respond to their vocation in life and there's no there's no cookie cutter approach with that but uh you know it's it's you pray about it you listen you discern and then you talk about that so i think is uh what is the goal of the priesthood a lot of people may not think about this but can you share our listeners what what the goal is sure no i mean absolutely the goal is always to lead people to jesus christ and so as a priest what you're what you're called to do is make that encounter real for people to show them that Christ is real, that Christ is calling them to holiness. That's what he wants for every single person, and that he wants to call them into his kingdom. You know, we work here on earth to help other people to build the kingdom of God so that one day we can enter into that kingdom. And I think, you know, as a priest, what you're called to do is witness to that love of Jesus Christ, which we know the world needs, and we know it's not easy, because it's, it's a sacrificing love. It's a love that says, well, I'm not looking at what's in it for me. You, know, you hear that a lot. Well, what's in it for me? What do I get? No, it's a love that says, how do I serve the other?" How can I make God's love real and present? How can I lead people into holiness and do a deeper respect for what God wants? And how can I allow them to experience, and I think this is the real key, how can they experience joy? And joy is not necessarily exactly the same thing as happiness, but it's enduring, it's fulfilling, and it gives them a purpose and a meaning, something that uh, it's, it's awfully hard to find right now in the world, but it's, it's something that is worth working for, it's worth living for. And people might not really realize that, but it's true. Like, you know, um, the priesthood is you're sharing your faith, you're, you're living out your life. And, um, 
and I tell people I've been ordained 19 years. It's it's such a wonderful way of life that I see the beginning of life, the middle of life, and the end of life, and the whole cycle, and the joys, uh, the sorrows, the ups and downs. Um, you know, you celebrate a baptism and a first holy communion, confirmation, and a wedding, and then you have to uh, do a funeral. So it's it's a it's a wonderful ministry, and for a man might be listening here today, thinking about that. Uh, you know, just it's it's really interesting career, if you will, and uh, to be able to share the ups and downs, uh, it's really joyful. Well, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, the pastor of St. Mary Magdalene Catholic Parish, serving the communities of the East End, Point Breeze, Homewood, and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh, and also the pastor of St. Benedict the Moore Parish in the Hill District. And this morning, uh, I am really greatly honored to have a, a fellow brother, priest on with me, Father Michael Ackerman, who is the vocations director uh, for the Diocese of Pittsburgh. And Father Mike, as we were talking in the first segment uh, about uh, the largest incoming class of seminarians uh, just arriving on the campus of St. Paul Seminary uh, this this year, 14 new guys. In the 1970s, 80s, and 90s, uh, there were 400 to 500 active diocesan priests. Uh, so when you and I were growing up, uh, there was a large number of priests in our parishes. And usually uh, parishes had two, three, sometimes four uh, priests in residence. Uh, today, we have 178 active uh, priests in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. 28 of those priests are retired, but they are continuing to serve in parish assignments. What are some of the reasons why fewer men have been answering uh, God's call to the priesthood over the years? Sure. No, that's, that's a great question. And, and you're right, the trend... Uh... It has, it has decreased in terms of numbers. You know, God's never mm-hmm. quit calling, which is what we say, but you're right, the numbers have decreased. There's a whole host of reasons for that. You know, one, one I think is people have stopped praying about those bigger questions, those meta questions. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, one of the things is, like I was saying even in my own story, I never asked God, what do I want? What do you want, Lord, from me? Or what should I be doing? And I don't think that's happening much. And I, I really don't think you're seeing that advocated much in culture or even in families. I, I think you're seeing that families are smaller now. It used to be larger families, you know, and family numbers are certainly getting smaller. And I think, too, there's also, I I hate to say it, but but the culture has pulled people away from from a life of vocation, Mm -hmm. a life of the church. You know, Sunday used to be, you probably know this, big family day. You know, you get together, you'd have a Sunday day with your family. It was after church, right? Church was the the center, the pinnacle of your day. And now there's sports and there's club activities. And and for for a lot of folks, Sunday's become another work day. We've forgotten about what Sunday's all about, you know, rest and spending time with the Lord, and I think because of that, you've seen vocation, you've seen this idea of, of priesthood, or what am I supposed to do, get pushed to the side. And so I think that that's, that's a big driving factor and a driving force. The other thing I think that's also in there is you're seeing people have what I like to call <laughs> delayed adolescence or delayed growing up, and hmm. I think we get so focused on career and education, on I'd like to pay down my debt first, to do this first, or that first, that we often are reluctant to really think about what is it I'm called to do? Can I embrace something like priesthood? Can I embrace something like even other vocations, marriage, people get married later? Can I do mm-hmm. that? And so I think because of that, you've seen things in numbers, especially in, in church and in priesthood decline. 
Well, you also, uh, you know, for the population uh, in Pittsburgh has declined over the years. Oh, absolutely. With the steel, steel industry. Um, and you've seen uh, school districts um, merge over the years and corporations and even police forces and communities, you know, using their resources. So, uh, and, and obviously that has a trickle-down effect with uh, the Diocese of Pittsburgh. And you're right, uh, I look at uh, some of the, the people that... Um, a lot of my parishioners, especially the older families who are passing away, they had like 12 siblings, you know, um, yeah, right. eight, eight to 10 siblings, you know, back in the 50s and 60s. And uh, so in, in the, our schools were booming, and that's why there, we had such a big building boom uh, of schools and expansions and parishes. And then obviously, um, as cultural changes, uh, you're right, uh, the families are smaller. There's one or two in the household now versus eight to ten, you know, and um, you see that across the board. Look at um, in the public school systems and even in our colleges, uh, the the populations have gone down, uh, especially in the state school systems. Uh, like I went to Clarion and obviously Slippery Rock, uh, Edinburgh, California State. Uh, the pool of uh, potential candidates is low because the population is low. So it's, it's, it's across the board pattern that we've seen a cultural pattern, and, and obviously that has effect on the priesthood. Now, uh, Father Mike, your uh, consistent message has been to, um, has obviously just invite men to come time to spend time in prayer, develop their relationship with the Lord. Uh, how, do you, how do you, some of the ways that you can help uh, guys who are discerning uh, a message about prayer and developing a relationship? Absolutely. No, I, th- I think one of the key things to do is, I like to give men a retreat experience, you know, an opportunity mm. to kind of step away from the world. So I think our culture, and we all know this, it's very busy and very noisy. And yeah, there's so right. much distracting us. There's so much pulling us in, in 10 different directions at the same time. So one of the things I like about the retreat experience is you have an opportunity to step away from all that, you know, to step away from television, the Internet, social media, all those things that might be pulling us all over the place, and just sit with the Lord. Just be in presence with the Lord and, and, and ask those questions. Lord, are you calling me to be a priest? Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? And I think the more we sit, and especially one of the big one of the big things is sitting in silence, sitting in the presence of the Lord and the Blessed Sacrament, right? The more we do those things, the more God speaks to us. So I think that's key. And I think the other thing, too, is helping guys learn how to pray. What does it mean to actually pray? How do I take my fears, my worries, my struggles? How do I take all that to the Lord? How do I tell Him what's on my heart? How do I listen in my heart to what the Lord might be saying? Where do I experience that true joy? So anything to do, retreats, prayer experiences, an opportunity to come to the seminary to share a meal and just listen to some of the seminarians tell their story, uh, doing different activities and outings in some of our parishes, dinners with some of the priests and pastors and guys that might be discerning. It just gives them a real encounter with what does it mean to have a vocation, how do I know that the, that the Lord's calling me, and how can I push out all the things that might be distracting me and pulling me away to actually know it's God speaking. Now, you've been hearing a lot from a growing number of young people who are not caught up in the culture. You know, it's like a counterculture uh, response and ask, what else is out there? Can you tell us about those conversations? Because I kind of find that really interesting, especially with these 14 guys coming in. You know, they're not caught up into the regular society mode. Uh, so it's a countercultural thing. Can you explain that? No, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, what, what guys are saying and what they're discovering that are coming to see me is, you know, they've lived in the world, they've worked in the world, mm. and there's something missing. 
there's something that's just not quite right. You know, the, the world promises them all these freedoms, and they think, but I'm not really free. I still have to worry about, you know, how do I know that I matter? How do I know that I'm loved? How do I know that someone cares about me or supports me? And they, in their own lives, they said, you know, we, we've felt that. But then they say, I see other people that are struggling that look so lost. And he goes, you need, you need Christ. You, you need something more than just what the world can offer. And, and material things don't do it. Success doesn't do it. Fame doesn't do it. It's still, there's a void. And that only void can be filled by the love of God. That's the only thing that's ever going to fill you completely and give you satisfaction. And so I think what they do is these guys that are coming are saying, now, you know, I, I've lived in the world, I've worked, I've made money, I've lived on my own. Uh, some of them said, you know, we had experiences we dated, we, we, we thought we discerned marriage and thought maybe that's for me, and there's still something else. So it has to be the Lord. It has to be something more that God's inviting me into, and it's something that, like you said, that the culture's not promoting or the culture's not looking at, but it's very real, it's very, very much a part of life, and it gives also okay. a great sense of satisfaction and joy. Yeah. And I think you and I can't do the work all by ourselves. You know, I say everybody is a vocation director, our parents. It starts at home. It starts, um, you know, it's not just the, the pastors promoting vocations in their in their parishes, but parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, friends, encouraging our youth. Everybody is a vocation director. It's not just the priests or the religious. And you know, if we see, if you see somebody that really has uh, devout prayer life or a service or has a great love for people, you know, just pop that question, do you ever think about being a priest or a religious sister or brother? You know, just plant that seed in encouragement, and it, it, that's all it takes. Now, we just have uh, under 30 seconds for, for guys who want to learn more about whether God may uh, is calling them to the priesthood. How can they reach you? Sure. We have a website for the Diocese of Pittsburgh called pghpriest.org, uh, or pghpriest.com, sorry, pghpriest.com. It's a great website with some resources, videos, opportunities for prayer, um, so if, if you need to get in contact, please look at that website. My email, uh, mackerman at diopit, uh, D-I-O-P-I-T-T dot org. And then also m- my number at the seminary, 412-456-3123. So if anybody's out there, we'd love to hear from you and, and be happy to discern with you and pray with you. PGHpriest.com. Father Michael Ackerman, Association Director, thanks, or PGHpriest.com. Thanks for being with yes. us this morning. Thank, thank you so much. Right. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. This week in our Plus segment, we are featuring the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. All the readings this weekend focus on all are welcome. In the Gospel of Matthew, we hear uh, Jesus heals a Canaanite woman's daughter. It's her determination and her faith uh, that makes this healing miracle a possibility. Oftentimes, uh, we might want to exclude people because they're different from us or they have a different uh, color of skin or political affiliation or economic background. A foreign woman reaches out to Jesus for help. He answers her, her, her request. A major part of Jesus' ministry was to break down uh, these cultural barriers that divided people, to encourage a new way of looking at people, especially those who were considered outcasts in, in society. Jesus always reached out to foreigners. He ate with the tax collectors. He forgave the sinners. He touched the lepers. He was just always on the fringe of reaching out to the lowly. So let us be remindful to see how we can welcome people into our own lives and not exclude them. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.